Welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the Blue Jay Beat Postgame Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeMarinis. Um, this podcast is sponsored by Court Date. Uh, that's our buddy, Matt Hoover, former White and Blue Review analytics guru. Um, used to do some advanced analytics for us back in the uh, 16, 17 Mo Watson days. Um, he's got a new website, courtdate.io. Basically, it's a directory of indo- indoor sports facilities um, that you can rent for pickup, skills training, and team practices. Um, if you're looking for a socially distanced, COVID-friendly, you know, gym to shoot in, train in, um, get some skill development work in, um, courtday.io will hook you up with the local facilities in the Omaha metro area. So hit them up um, and they'll get you connected with the gyms around in the area if you want to get some run. Um on tonight's episode, we've got uh, former Blue Jay Hooper Jordan Scurry and former Blue Jay Hooper and former uh, assistant coach slash goat guru, Goat Whisperer. That's right, Goat Whisperer. <laughs> um, Chevelle Sansasi, uh, now working with DVLP basketball, um, helping local Hoopers come up in the world. Uh, guys, appreciate you hopping on tonight. We're going to try to break down this uh, Creighton Villanova game and get into some, we'll call them unfortunates. How about that? Um, when we, when we divert from sports, but I appreciate you guys hopping on. How you doing? All right, man. Glad to be here. Yeah. One, one way or another. Here. One way or another. <laughs> we do this every good day. To, what are you doing? Good to, good, good to, you know, just get on the mic and talk our shit. Right. Yeah. This is therapeutic for us. Yeah. Chev, how's the family? How's Eddie? How's the baby? Very good. Very good. Um, yeah, no, same thing. I'm, I'm just excited to be on here to talk about some stuff and yeah. just hopefully, uh, I don't know why to use the word educate, but just kind of talk about stuff, frankly, you know, with, with all that's going on. But fam is great. We just got back from Arizona, so we're, we we picked a good time. It's like the 50s and 60s right now. Yeah. So uh, are you guys in Zona still or are you back home? No, we just got back. Okay. So we just, that's why I was saying we, we picked a good time. This is, this yeah. is a nice, uh, nice week of weather. Nice. I mean, I think. Honestly, I kind of wanted to start there. We will get into Creighton Villanova. Obviously, the Jays fell 72-60 tonight in Philly. So, Nova is the Big East regular season champ. Shocker. They do that every year. Um, I believe it's seven out of eight years they've won that thing, uh, at least a share of it. Um, so, Creighton falls just short of that, uh, you know, defending that Big East title. <clears throat> so, we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, certainly a lot to break down from that one, but I guess, um, you know, Jordan as a former player of Mac and Chev, obviously as a former coach at Creighton for a long time and player, you know, I guess what, what your reaction to the news that hit the wire yesterday, um, when Greg McDermott, um, basically, um, publicly apologized for some comments he made after the Xavier game, you know, addressing his team and that loss and kind of trying to, I don't know, rally the troops, if you will, and use some unfortunate terminology um, in comparing what they're essentially doing as sort of a, a plantation of, you know, workers or whatever it may be um, using that unfortunate reference and how that struck you when you, when you saw that, uh, phrase and you saw that he'd used that to address the team and Jordan some of your teammates some of your guys you know how did how did that hit you I mean definitely shock man uh definitely did not see it coming at all and 
initially I just really thought about the guys in the room, my teammates when it went down, my former teammates and just everybody in that room when it went down. And I just really thought about how they were dealing with it at the time. I had my own feelings, of course. And I mean, I can get into that, but like the most important was how they were feeling. And at this point in their season, how it was going to affect them. I just really wanted to hear from them. I really stressed trying to reach out to whoever I could and get in contact, but I think they had to deal with it on their own. I kind of only talked to some of the guys today and I don't know, man, it's not a, it's not a good situation to say the least. It's not anything uh, I could imagine going through as a player. I can't imagine it's going to be any easier going forward. Um, but I don't know. It just would have been a, uh, it, it's tough for me to even talk about now. I just think I have a lot of feelings and my feelings are, I don't know, just changing every minute, just with every thing I think about it constantly. And I just, I hope it can come to some point of resolve because I think there's still not enough conversation around it and not enough really going on to show any real resolve yet but it's getting there and I think that the guys will move forward and do something about it but it's just a little still too fresh to really say I guess for me yeah that is the unfortunate part about this situation is that it is it does feel like we're still in rapid reaction territory um because it just hit I mean what 20 31 hours ago essentially around roughly that time that's you know you factor in any sleep that we may have gotten trying to think about that situation. That's not a lot of time to collect our thoughts and gather information and try to figure out what went, what went down and why. And, you know, cause context, I mean, I guess it's important in this situation. Um, but more so the fact that it's such a revered figure in a lot of people's lives. Like Mac is, you know, revered in the community for all the good he's done. I mean, and even in the even in the face of this, I still feel like the the impact he's had on people's lives still outweighs this this situation. Um, and then just in talking to you know former players, it's like they're heartbroken, you know, because like he he's a father figure to those guys, like a lot of those guys. And I mean, even it doesn't matter where they came from, like all kinds of backgrounds, black, white, foreign, um, different parts of the country, different parts of the world. Like they look up to him. And I think that's what the, that's the most heartbreaking part of it. And honestly, I feel like he's going to struggle with that too. You can tell he was pretty emotional um, in his press conference tonight, as brief as it was. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he seemed like he was on the verge of breaking down, which is sad to see um, because, you know, he's hurting because of the fact that he hurt people that he cares about. And, but you can't help but feel bad for them too, past and present, because to hear those words come from the mouth of someone that you look up to in that degree, to that degree, um, you know, you could probably, it, it, there's probably a lost feeling. You know what I mean? Like you, like you yeah. right there, like it's hard to come together with your thoughts when you're like, that's a man I respect. I look up to. Does he, does he, the, is that, is that, how prevalent are those thoughts? that's just what a lot of the guys were going through too. So like, it's like, how do you play for someone who you just lost so much respect for? Like now right. you're going forward. 
And this is what I mean about it being too fresh. Like, I don't know what's going to be done. I don't know if there's going to be a consequence, but it's just so hard that this, the timing of it all, because the game happening so quickly tonight, like in just after this all goes down in having been a decision amongst the team to be like, okay, Mac is still going to coach and we're still going to play and we're going to do it for us or we're going to do it for it, it. It's just so much like to think about that. You're not even truly thinking about the game until the ball really goes up because it's, it's just so much, man. I can't, I can't even really put myself in where I would have to feel to play in that game. Chev as uh you know, someone from Omaha who lives in Omaha, who's grown up in Omaha, who's, you know, now raising a little one in Omaha, like, unless you moved to Arizona, you guys seem to like Arizona. So one day, one day, <laughs> we're going to we're gonna have to battle to keep you. We're going to have to battle to keep you. Um, <laughs> uh, if the Pac-12 all of a sudden has a bunch of good hoopers, we'll know why in like 10 years. Like, damn it, show. <laughs> uh, how, I mean, you know his impact on this community, right? Mm-hmm. Does that make it tough to to compartmentalize all of your thoughts on this matter? When you first heard those comments, were you was there any amount of conflict within you in terms of like, man, of all the people to say that, um, how much of an impact is it that it comes from him? Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, because I, I don't want to, I mean, if I'm being 100% honest, it's, it was, it, the, the words were shocking, but, um, I wasn't like shocked that it came from him too. Like, and I'm not saying that he's had any history. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all, but, um, I think you hit on it earlier when we, before we got on here, but, um, Josh said it really well. Like, People don't realize that that, that yeah, problem. Josh, Josh Dotsler, former player, that, yeah, yes. wrote wrote a column in the Omaha World Herald. That's what she's referring to. Go mm-hmm. ahead. Um, he put it really well, though, because I, I think the the biggest miss that's going on with with all the racial injustice, all the things that are happening, the biggest miss is that the solution is social media. You know, it's not. It's it's make sure you tweet. Uh, that you are an ally or make sure you they're very surfacey solutions and and I think that what Max done for the community has been obviously wonderful things um but I I think that the problem is we're still not getting to the core issue of what the issues are um when it comes to identifying why is there systemic racism you know and 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 how do you how what's the solution for that so like when I when I hear stuff like that now I don't I'm not I mean I'm not super old but I have really good friends that like we're I could call them best friends but I know they have like a little there's a little tinge of something in there that they don't recognize and it comes out through a, ran, a random conversation. I have stories from my experience being a player at Creighton where teammates I had a teammate with with her mom use the word colored in front of me. You know it and it so it's and her mom is the sweet, she's the sweetest lady ever, but it's just even really good people. Mac is a really good person. He means, he means very, very well. 
but the problem is people just get away. I shouldn't say get away, but like you can post a social media tweet. You can say something on a video with a teleprompter and, and then it absolves you from identifying the real true thing that's going on internally that you don't address. And then it, it, it seeps out. And, and that's what happens. And unfortunately it was Mac. I feel, I feel that I'm sure he's, he feels like the shittiest person ever. And, and at, at some point he's going to, he, he will heal and all that stuff will be, will, will pass for him. But, um, and it, I, I guess I can't say it will pass because that's going to be something that he probably remembers for the rest of his life. But like, it's just something that needed to, I don't even know how to put it, Matt, like, cause I, I'm, I'm thinking about when I first read it, I'm like, first thing I was thinking about is are my, my old players, my ex players, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about them and I'm, then I'm thinking about the players and, and what um, Jordan hit on is like, how do you play for a person that you felt like was a father figure? And all of a sudden you're shocked by what they say. So you lose your trust for them. Um, so I don't know. I, I just, it's, I know he's done a lot for the community and I know that he means well. I know he's a good person, but at the bottom, the bottom line is a lot of people aren't truly addressing what's going on internally. Um, and we're, we're kind of getting away with the Twitter and the, and some of the stuff that absolves you from really addressing those issues. So that's like, yeah. So you're right. Cause putting out that statement essentially it's not like it's the wrong thing to do, but it's only the start, right? It It's just, it's almost like if you put that out, you're kicking it off essentially. And if, and if, and if, if what we've been saying this whole time and Jordan and I have been doing this, what are we on 12 weeks now coming up here 12 weeks. During of trying to make this conversation stay at the forefront of everyone's minds. You know what I'm saying? And that's what they've been doing after, before every game, right? They don't kneel for the national anthem, do they? They wear the BLM patch, and then what happens before every game so far? They have one of their players recite a um, something that they've written, it looks like. It, it seems – I'm not going to say it's not genuine, but it is recited. Um, just just about, like, keeping the idea that this, this, this fight is going to be long, it's going to be taxing, but if you let the conversation dwindle down and you don't, you know, address the systemic issues like poverty, um, education, small businesses, um, well, and, and, like you're, think, it's gonna, you're, think, you're gonna I, find yourself in a cycle that creates that situation again, and you're gonna keep having these movements that are trying to come up from the 17 steps back you just took back to where they were. 20 something years ago, 30, 40, 50, 60, you just keep, it's like you, you start treading water a little bit and you get some momentum yeah. and then you just like drift off and then, Oh crap, we got to catch back up to where we were 60 years ago. It's like, you, yeah. that's not progress. That's just, yeah. that's just treading water and, at best. And I, I think, I think what you're like kind of alluding to and like, well, I just think what you're alluding to is kind of like what, what Josh wrote today, like in just that intent isn't enough, right? It's just how things are coming off. It's not about how things are coming off, right? Like it's, it's, we're not just asking for a Twitter post. We're not just asking for you to speak about diversity and talk about that in a public setting. And we're not just asking for those things in a professional 
stance. We want these things on a like everyday level. We're asking for you like to be able to just have a normal conversation like where no cameras are on and nothing is happening like that, where you can still understand that then Black Lives Matter. Like, why does it have to be during, before a game? That That's the only time that Black Lives Matter where you wear the patch and all that. It's like, no, this needs to be like an everyday thing. And so for the fact of that, Mac felt comfortable, right? Like to say that like in a time that the cameras were off and all that, right? is like tough and like again that's is i like i max my guy like max my i'm so grateful for him and all these like in everything he's done like like let that go on record but still like this is in this isolated incident like i'm just i'm just saying that that is why that intent is just not enough why a twitter post why just a black lives matter why just saying things in post game is not enough it has to be on a smaller level it has to be on an everyday level it has mm -hmm. to be when you hear somebody make a racist comment like somebody said that before he had heard it it's like that's when you have to then correct it and say why that's not okay like that's who we it's just it's tough because I will say like, I that's who I do expect him to be as a person. And I, I, I had, because he's just somebody who I had held to such high regard. And I do still hold to such high regard. I mean, obviously not as much as before with this kind of comment, because I mean, who can, but still, like, I, I do think there is some, just, I mean, just that, that's, there's some power in that, in, in, in his position. And that's why it's, we you expect better. And, it's just there's there's more to be done and there's more to learn and I think he knows that but you just got to keep growing from that. Yeah, and, uh, I, and I'll say, oh, go ahead, sorry, I'll, and I'll say like one of the one of the ways that I try to process things I I I try to or I just can't help it I link everything back to being like a coach like when you have like we would have these player meetings right and so you'd ask the kid at the end of the season like what are your what are your goals and what do you think about the season or you have the preseason meeting you'll have you'll say what are your goals what, what do you what do you want for the season and like you always have one or two kids who like say the say the right things and they're the best kid you, they, you get along with them really well they're they're like they they don't cause you any issues at all they say what exactly what you want to hear um but you you look at the results by the end of the season and you see that there were no, there, their production wasn't as high as they obviously would have wanted. And you, after every year that that happens, you realize like, okay, well, they're just talking, you know, that's, that's just talk. So there has to be practice. And in order to like fulfill your goal or, you know, not be the person that's, that's all of the lip service, like, and I, and I'm not saying that, that Mac is lip service, but what I'm saying is he, he and others um, should look at this as an opportunity to be like, okay, I can't just like Scurry saying too, like you can't just make a social media post. You can't say the right thing. You can't, even if you say the best thing on a tele, you know, on a, on a video interview, whatever it is, there still has to be daily practice for what you want. So if you notice, if you, if you want to get online and say, all right, there's systemic racism going on. Um, I'm in Omaha, North Omaha is right down the street. Like, what can I do? 
Okay. So he's already, he's already taking steps there, but like, what are we doing when the cameras are off? What are we doing when, when you're not partnered with a certain organization? What, what steps are you taking as an individual to better yourself, um, to educate yourself or to do, to do actual things that are going to progress, you know, us out of this thing that you're agreeing is going on. Um, and I just feel like I, I love, I love Creighton. I was there for what? 12 years of my life. Yeah, four years as a player, eight <laughs> as a coach. Yeah. Well, five years as a player. I was, I was oh, a okay, shirt. five. Yeah. Seven. seven. Coach, so okay. 12. Yeah. I was 12 years there. So like that, it, that's my home. Like I, I love Creighton, but the truth, the truth, you know, the fact is, is like Creighton is very safe. You know, we're very safe. Like we, we, we say the right thing after the kind of, you know, stuff is cleared up. We're, we're not, we're not in the front forefront of being the leadership in a space like this. And to me, it's, um, it's ironic because again, North Omaha is right there. Okay. And so like there, I, I feel like back to my original point is like, Matt can say the, he can say the, the greatest things, you know, he can say the flowers and he can make it, make it, make it pretty great and PR can make it nice and neat and clean it up and whatever they can do. But like, at the end of the day, like this, this isn't going to be the last thing that happens. You know, it might not be on this level, but, and we might not hear of it, but if, and until someone does something on a daily practice, it's not going to get better. And that's honestly, we've had this conversation before. And I think the last question I'll, maybe I'll, I'll address here in this segment before we jump into the game a little bit, because I, when we go into your questions, it's, it's kind of like all over the map. So we will get back on this. Um, it's like we've talked so much about representation mattering, right? But Creighton doesn't represent its community. It it influences its community. Like I think it has a I think it has a pretty good influence in its community. Like it makes an impact when you look at um, the pink out, when you look at abide. Like it's not just ignoring the problems in Omaha, but it doesn't represent its community. Like there, when you look at the population of the you know, geographical area around Creighton University. It does not represent Creighton University itself. It's almost like it's in a bubble that it created for itself. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, Chev used the word safe, but in a different context, but it's like, it's almost like it creates a little bit of a haven for, for, you know, just people to be part of Creighton without being part of the community, unless you actively try to be. And I think that's like a, that's a disconnect in itself that creates that mindset where you can actually allow yourself to have that inherent bias and still exist at Creighton and in that community itself. Cause it wouldn't, it doesn't make sense for you to think like that if you're around your actual community. But if you're at just, if you're just in the Creighton bubble, you're in sort of a haven of people who look, think, and come from your backgrounds essentially. Right. So that like, does that serve the community itself? when you're in that type of situation or do you have to look outward? And the, uh, the question I guess is, is it fair to analyze this from all aspects of it? Um, given the fact that those type of changes are, you know, take a long time to grow both in messaging and intent um, and in action, like, is it, is it 
can we do, are we, are we doing a disservice by basically keeping um, the criticism of his comments at the forefront or do we need to move on from that and focus on how to just make the situation better, help people learn why that's wrong. So it doesn't become part of uh, anyone's terminology and also build up the community around Creighton as a result of just the fact that it needs to be done. You know, is it, is it, are we doing it a service to the conversation by, you know, cause he's going to get torn down for this essentially, right? His legacy is going to be torn down. There's only so much he can do to fix what he, his errors besides apologizing them in the meantime. Right. So is it unfair to him to, you know, to be at the, to be at the forefront of this constantly, or is that just what's required now? Because like someone said, the toothpaste is out of the tube at this point. Um, I mean, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but like, I just think it's, I think honestly, it could be a blessing in disguise. Like I try to see the positive in as much as I can, like Mac again, like Mac is, he's the man, like he, he's the man on campus. Everybody loves an Omaha, like Creighton is an NBA team, you know, like we don't have a pro team here. So like Creighton is the NBA. So for him to have to take a hit like this. Um, I think is obviously going to humble, I think, a lot of people who admire him and who are who maybe other people that are in his position that are saying, OK, I'm a good person. Like, I, I you know, I, I don't I'm, I don't think I'm racist and I don't think and they say these things um, where, the, again, they don't just address what's going on internally. Like, I can't get over that because I feel like until we get to that point where people who are well that have really good intentions um want to be honest with maybe some of the subconscious things that are going on i keep i kept reading the word for you know freudian slip um i don't know if you guys saw that but like Mm -hmm. like i think i think there's a lot of truth to stuff like that so like i think for mac to be the person that has to you know unfortunately take all the hits for what's going on i think it's a a good person because I think he can, I think he'll, he will, he will be okay by the end of this. Um, but I think it's a great person from the standpoint of like other people can say, okay, if Mac, if Mac, that guy is, is doing that, then maybe I need to be thinking about what I, th- you know, myself, hopefully it brings opportunity for other people to be more self-reflective on, on their personal thoughts and subconscious. Well, I think, <laughs> To be completely honest, I think he does kind of need to be at the forefront of it because I think if he does nothing, like, and he doesn't continue to, like, push and, like, try to, like, now say, like, you know, he's fighting for kind of, like, or at least trying to side, like, and learn and grow from his mistake. Like, because he could, he could just, like, we could breeze over this and try to act like nothing happened. Like, he's set, like, he's in a position where he doesn't actually have to keep addressing this and he doesn't have to continuously say, you know, I'm a part, I'm, I'm trying to fight for something like that I messed up on saying. They started, step, they started step one of that tonight. Yeah. In the, in the press conference, they laid, out, they laid out the ground rules from the jump in the press. Or like, we're only talking about the game tonight. We're not going to address the comments. So and they already so they already like, started page one of that playbook you just mentioned. And so they're sh- they're selling that there's a, there's two road like there's a route here where he could just avoid this and doesn't have to actually address this any longer other than as much as he did. 
or there's he can become this person who messed up but then became so much better because of it Mm -hmm. and did so much because of it and impacted so many people because of it and opened up even more opportunities and doors for players of color than even before that like he did like it, it could go one or two ways so I do think he needs to continue to try to in some way say you know what I'm growing from this every day and make it an issue like he's really good at that like I know him like he's really in the way he's business oriented and the way he's just very uh, focused on tasks like I think it needs to be something like this is how I'm going to make up for that going forward like I I think there needs to be something done like that Mm -hmm. for it to like actually this whole everything we're talking about now to even be worth it because if not then it's just the what tonight was and we just ignore it we don't answer questions about it it's the Creighton PR team and it's over so I hope it's not that I hope it becomes Mac opens up the dialogue we start having these uncomfortable conversations we all need to have. What did, I mean, and you're right, because what did everybody want this summer? They wanted Mac and Rass to speak. Why? Because yeah. they because they have influence. Yes. They exactly. matter to people. And so it doesn't just because become I'm sorry and then you stop the influence. Like it needs to be I'm sorry and this is how I'm gonna turn right. that influence into everything that I said I was like that I messed up on saying yeah because this is this is no disrespect to like sharif christian anybody who has had a had a had a had you know one of their speeches read on uh the jumbotron before a game but that stuff coming from mac hits different it just does the community Mm -hmm. will rally to that cause we've seen it like the things that matter to him matter to omaha that he just like has a way about crafting a message to galvanize mm-hmm. people to care about something, mm-hmm. whether it's the freaking basketball team itself, whether it's other sports teams um, around campus. Like if, if Mac hits up a, like a congratulations to volleyball for beating someone, that thing is getting massive amounts of attention. Like Absolutely. the littlest little deed from him creates tidal waves of impact. Um, whether it's the pink out a buy, we've talked about it all. So the it, coming from him means more. Like, it's powerful to hear the players, uh, you know, using their voices, but the most powerful voice in that locker room needs to be part of that, too. Yes. So, yeah, you're 100% right. I agree. Let's get into the game real quick, and then we'll jump into questions. Um, Obviously, tonight was – I mean – I felt like the first half was difficult to watch for a couple of reasons. One, you obviously know the emotional cloud that's hanging over this whole team right now. And um, definitely some players more than most you'd have to assume. Um, that first half was rough, man. It felt like, because I didn't think Creighton was playing all that badly. I thought their effort was great. Like I thought their effort was phenomenal. I thought, uh, you know, all things considered, but you know, they had they had some shots rattle in and out, and Villanova was on fire, and that thing spiraled. And I'm like, honestly, I was really impressed by the second half because they kind of showed you who they are uh, by fighting back and cutting that thing to five. They had a chance to to you know tie it up, take the lead, win that thing down 22 in the second half somehow. So I think that they deserve a lot of credit, the players on the court for for not giving up. 
because they had a lot of reasons to, honestly. Like, I'm watching that first half, and I'm like, nothing's going right for them. Nothing's been going right for them all weekend. They lost to Xavier. They had to deal with the aftermath in the locker room. Now they've had the spotlight on them for all the wrong reasons, and now they're getting raced, boat raced on national television in a game that means so much to them because it's their chance to win back the title and, and basically – you know, keep the crown in Omaha for one more year and it's just going sideways. And I'm like, I could totally, I mean, I could totally see that like be on breaking point and it wasn't, they fought like, like hell in the second half. I think they deserve, they deserve a lot of credit for that. Honestly, like, no, I can't even over, I can't overstate it because they could have quit and they didn't. I mean, what, when you watched that, what did you, what were your takeaways, Jordan, when you watched the way they rallied from that deficit? Yeah, I'm proud of them, man, for fighting for each other, like going so hard for each other. You could tell, like, I, I the first half you could kind of even see, like, that they they were going hard, but, like, they, they just – they couldn't get your groove. They couldn't get comfortable. They all they, – like, they didn't seem – they seemed like they were going hard. They all seemed like they were playing with as much effort as they could, but I just don't think they could get in a real rhythm. And then that's when it just kind of got to the point where they were down by – so much that it was like they really had to man together and I think it was around probably yeah halftime maybe a little before I I, I kind of thought that they were like all right this is when they turn from we're just out here to play to all right let's fight and play for each other and that's when you saw I, I was proud of just their fight man they the way they fought and the way that they just still were somehow able to just focus and put this game above everything else and like still be in, they put themselves in a position with four minutes left to really win this game. I can't, I can't complain about their performance tonight all too much. I really can't. Chev, like you've been a part of a lot of those types of situations where, well, not this type of situation, but um, (laughs) types of situations where you go in and you're counted out, right? Like there's just no, there are no odds in your favor in, Mm -hmm. in any kind of circumstance. And and then it snow, you know, I think, I mean, like, again, not apples to apples, but last year at the Paul. Yeah. You I guys don't, you guys, you guys don't have Jalen, um, right. who, you know, WNBA player. You don't have your best player. I don't think you had Tatum either, if I'm not mistaken. I feel like Jalen and Tatum were both out of that game. Um, and I think you're down 20 to five after the first quarter. You're down 20 at halftime at DePaul, uh, yeah. you know, best team in the league. And you rally all the way back. Liv just carries that squad the way DJ kind of yeah. did tonight. Um, gets you a crazy, crazy comeback win. Like, what are, what are your emotions when you think about when you see a group of like individuals come together like that? You know, especially at that age, mm-hmm. um, rally together, stick together, and overcome. You know, basically climb a mountain together and overcome something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think honestly, there's there's a weird um, um, energy about feeling like you can't make any worse mistakes than you already have. You know, so like when we go, we we're, we're like you said, we're down by twenty um, at halftime. It's like, well, now you're now you're paying, playing a little less. You know, fearful. Like you're 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 more fearless just because you've already made the mistake. So if you're you're kind of screwed. And I think that allows for a lot of kids to relax. Um, so, I mean, if you, when I think about today, like I would assume that maybe there was a lot of pressure on the kids, obviously before the game and the guys are feeling tight and they're just not, you know, they're like you said, they're just not, they're, they're not going, things aren't going their way. Um, 
but then after so long when and it's not working, you, you, you're forced to relax. Um, and when, it, when you're able to do that, I think you can do some, they're obviously a really good team. Um, so when they're relaxed it's, it, and you're loose, I think you can get a lot of stuff done. Yeah. I think they showed us who they are tonight, honestly, because mm-hmm. I mean, first of all, they could have quit. They could have boycotted. They could have, they could have let Mac resign. Like he said he wanted to, um, or like that as he offered to, um, but you know, they kind of rallied together. They're like, look, we're going to do this for, we have goals that we still want to accomplish as a group. And we're going to do this because that's what we set out to do. So we're going to put all this stuff. We're going to try to compartmentalize this stuff as best we can. And we're going to focus on ball because at the end of the day, like that's what I kind of went into tonight thinking I was just like, look, like my prevailing thought was just if basketball is going to be their therapy of choice in this situation, if that's what they're going to try to like connect with in a deep way in order to suppress the pain they're probably feeling right now and the emotions that are probably going through their head in this year of just unprecedented isolation. And like, they, they probably can't feel more alone and more vulnerable than they do right now, considering all the circumstances prior to this. Um, for them to like, that's what I meant. Like I thought tonight I want I just, you know, they needed something to build off of because if they were choosing basketball as their therapy, had Villanova like put that 20 point lead together and then made it 30, 40 and just absolutely buried them. Um, I can't imagine what they'd be going through right now, but the fact that they were able to fight back, maybe there still is some, maybe they will take that as a positive and use that to, build up that belief again that made them so special um, and, you know, use that to kind of continue to rally together and, and accomplish their own goals because, you know, the Big East tournament still ahead, the SBA tournament still ahead. So if those goals are still what they're trying to achieve and that's what Coach Wrench's comments, uh, you know, his statement last night in response to all this was basically the team just wants to move forward. They have goals they still want to accomplish and they're just going to try to focus on that in the short term. Seems like this was a, uh, you know, even though they lost, it was a good step one considering all the circumstances they had to deal with. Like, I can't help but – I know I'm probably polishing it up more than I should because, you know, that was their most lopsided loss of the year. It was the most – the biggest deficit, their worst first half, all that type of thing. Like, there were a lot of bads about it. But I can't help but just given the circumstances that they can – they can if they if they truly want to use this as their as their, as their their crutch, I think they can. I think they can build off what they did tonight a little bit. I agree, especially because you saw him like shaking off in the first half. Like it was like that first half was everything that's transpired since even the Xavier loss. Because there was nothing in the Xavier loss that was like the beginning of this game, really. You know, at least I don't think so. And I just think it was their it was just their funk of everything that was going on. And then they shook that off and then they showed what team they really were. And then there was a five point game at one point, but you know, because of that funk, they couldn't recover similar to the Providence game. Like you I saw mean, a 17 0 run on Nova is like pretty, that's like, you can't put yeah. a better run. Together. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The hole was just too big, but they pretty much yeah. climbed out. That's, of what, I, that's like, what I mean. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. they were, they, it was just too big, but you saw the real team that they were, that it appeared in the, 
if it, if the team that they really are can appear in a game like this, it can appear in any game, period. And and so, yes, I agree. Great first step, given everything, all this commotion, I don't know, chaos. I don't know what you want to call it. I think all those words fit, yeah. <laughs> um, lots of descriptors there. Uh, let's jump into questions a little bit. We got some on the game, some on um, the situation outside the – outside the lines so hope they don't that is that show still around they're not gonna sue us for that are they outside the lines yeah is that still going that, bob lee retired didn't he bob lee yeah yeah well if we get sued i don't week. think it's going actually no i think it is going on it is still going new, all right hopefully they don't listen guy to doing it. sorry i didn't copyright infringement all right. and all that stuff like, respect a different, different <laughs> <laughs> we got a different podcast we'll go to that one yeah different we meant something else sorry <laughs> Uh, this first question is from Austin. Uh, we saw some interesting lineups tonight during the key stretch of the game, including some extended minutes for AOC. How did you think he performed? You know, I thought a lot of, I th- honestly, I thought a lot of the guys off the bench played pretty well. Like mm-hmm. Sharif was incredible. Like Sharif, she played really well. Sharif made a change that, yeah, like but yeah. he popped that wing three, and I was like, oh, he's going to have a good night tonight because that's a shot that doesn't always go in for him. And he cashed that thing with a defender in his face too. Like he usually won't take that mm-hmm. unless he's like clean open. But um, I thought Sharif played really well. I thought Kalkbender had some good minutes. And yeah, I thought Alex did a, mm-hmm. you know, did a good job making some plays, uh, you know, to just some hustle plays to keep him, keep him fighting, keep him, keep him in it, keep help him build that rhythm. Um, yeah. So I, I thought, I thought Alex had some positives. I thought, I mean, I thought, but that bench I thought did really, did really well as a unit. No thoughts, Jordan? Nothing? You got- no, yeah. I thought the bench did. Oh. No, I thought the bench came in and played really well. I thought, like, Ryan really, like, did well around the basket, given DJ and even Alex, like, in all those guys, just an ability to, like, dump off once they got there because they were getting past their man. So, like, it, once you can contest the big and dump off, like, that was huge. And then Sharif on the defensive end and obviously was like a pest and able to mess with Edwards, is it? What's his name? Bob? Justin Moore. Moore. Justin Moore. Moore. Edwards yeah. Moore. Tripping. But yeah, I don't sorry. even I don't even know who and, you're talking about there. That's like yeah, yeah. But so anyway, yeah, no, he um I thought I thought Sharif played great off the bench and mm-hmm. his ability to hit shots was huge, especially during the run. What did uh what did Sharif end up with? Oh, that's a good question. Let's pop up the old box score. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had eight points, three assists, on three rebounds, only one turnover, 22 minutes. Nice. Two for five from three. Two oh. for five from three. Go, Sharif. Right, yeah. That's the kid, man. I feel like – go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. I was going to say, I just – I'm a huge Sharif fan. I feel like I feel like that kid's going to – it's going to click for him in in no time and games like this like you're saying like it's against of all teams is Villanova you're you're, you want to figure it out um I feel like that's a that's a really really good indicator of potential um so I I I'm I'm rooting for that guy because I feel like he can help us a lot yeah 100% um this person's handle is did the Jays win question mark no uh their question is though uh thoughts on marcus and sharif being in the same rotation um what do we give up having them both on the floor what do we gain 
personally love it. All right, so there's some positivity. Um, I like Marcus and Sharif on the floor because Marcus, I think Marcus is really good off the ball. So I think that's just like a natural thing. I mean, honestly, I agree with Chev that Sharif has a has a lot of potential. So I think getting him on the floor more is only going to be beneficial to his growth. And if, you know, as long as Marcus isn't uncomfortable playing off the ball, which we know he's not, I think there's a lot that can be built off there. So, yeah, I like uh, what they have. What do they give up? Like, you know, I think, you know, at the one and two, you're a little bit undersized there defensively. But I think Sharif makes up for that, honestly, because there was some question marks maybe if he could guard up, right? Because Ty was able to guard, what, one through four last year, right? Mm -hmm. So there was, like, questions if Sharif could guard up, you know, one or two spots. And then I remember in the Xavier game, like Paul Scruggs, who's legit six seven, you know, 220, um, 215, 220, got Sharif isolated in the kind of like that mid-range low block area and was trying to back him down. Sharif did not move an inch. Like didn't budge. Mm-hmm. Like Scruggs had to like kick yeah. that out. He's like, that's a senior. Senior, been in the biggies his whole life, like legit two, two positions above Sharif mm-hmm. essentially. And like Sharif just bodied him up and didn't – I mean, he didn't budge. No, reach wide, reach just, strong, just yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. so yeah, I don't think they get other than just size, they don't give up much. Like Sharif has ten, Sharif's tenacious, and he's proven that he can guard up. So, yeah, I like it. Yeah, I think I agree with all that. I think the only thing I would add is just, I, I just think it works even better when you he shoots two for five from three. I think Sharif's ability to shoot the ball like changes that the dynamic of that even more because then you could space it even more and depending on what bigs are in the game, it makes it easy to operate inside and out. So I don't think they give up all that much, especially with, like you're saying, if Sharif can guard Paul Scruggs like to that extent, I think it's not giving up all too much. So I like sure. the lineup. For sure. All right. A couple more uh, birds by design wants to know, will we ever come back from this? So that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Um, you know, like, it just requires. What is back, though? Like, yeah. What are we de- What are we defining as back? Like, are we talking about? You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, we have to define that first, don't we? Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not even. I wasn't even trying to be facetious. I was dead. No. Yeah, you're 100 right. You have to define yeah. that in the first place. I don't know. Emotionally, they're going to go through some stuff that they've never really gone through yeah. as as a as a group. So as much as we've been talking about them kind of having to go, they've been through every situation essentially together. This one's new. So by yeah. God, they found the new situation somehow. So <laughs> I don't, I don't know how they're going to respond. Cause I haven't seen them respond to the situation before. That's a tough question to answer. It honestly really is. I don't know. Yeah. And I, th- I think, I think it's going to depend on like uh, one of you guys were, were saying there's two routes. Um, but like, it's going to depend on which route they choose. If they choose the normal route that we typically take when we are challenged with something a little uncomfortable, um, I think it's not going to be great. And the area that we haven't really talked about is recruiting um, in the, in the incoming class that might be impacted by this. So I think, I mean, I know I'm a new mother, but like, I know that I would feel a certain type of way as a mom, if I'm sending, especially if my kid's not from Omaha, if my kids from out of state, um, after this goes down, you know, I, 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 my eyes would be on, okay, what are they going to do about it to make me feel comfortable again? Because right now as a mother, I'm very uncomfortable sending my kid to Creighton. 
Um, and yeah, I think, I think they have to be very, very intentional and strategic and, um, they got to ask questions. They got to do whatever they need to do to, to handle this differently than they've ever handled anything else. So, um, I feel like that's the only way we can come if you want to use the word back, um, from, from something like that. That was pretty spot on. Go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, no, I agree. And just building off that, I just think it's just going to be about, I guess, what gets done in the future, in the near future or distant, I guess, too, just about how we're going to move forward with it. Like, what is going to be, is it going to be talked about? Like, is is the issue going to be pushed forward or is it going to be something that is just rolled on with, like everything else? So, I don't know. All right, this will be our last one before we wrap up here and hit the sack. Uh, Denny Sullivan um, wants to know, he's like, I'd be interested in your thoughts on how the situation with Coach Mack should be handled and uh, your perspectives on how to distinguish between an insensitive hurtful mistake versus something that's emblematic of a larger problem that needs to be addressed. It's a really good question. Um mm. So what? So I guess first part of it is uh, how uh, the situation should be handled with Coach Mack. So um, I don't know. I'll start. You guys mind? Mm-hmm. Go for it. Uh, like I said, this is not an easy situation. It's it's very difficult because you know Greg McDermott is a father figure to a lot of players. Like they're the pain that they're feeling today. And I know this from talking to some of them, and one of them's right here. Um, it's not, it's not pain born only out of anger, because I think that would probably be easier to <clears throat> to just like come up with a yeah, like a, a, a full stop solution to that, because you only have one type of, of emotion that's going into your into your thought process but he's a father figure to a lot of these guys. Like they, I mean, go back and watch every senior speech from the beginning to the, to now how they, they don't, that's not lip service when those kids talk about him, you know what I'm saying? And I don't mean to call Jordan a kid, but you know, at some point in his Creighton life, he was still just a kid. Um, and someone of that stature has influence on who those kids turn into be as adults. And that's the part that hurts the most when I try to think about it is because is, is the fact that it's not just that the comments were insensitive and hurtful. It's that he was the one who said them. That's the heartbreaking part mm-hmm. because that's, he's a hero to a lot of these people. Like he's the first one they'll go to for advice trouble anything he's the guy they lean on right so that's the hurtful part is that it's it's someone they held in high regard you know essentially having a kind of mask off moment if you will and while i do believe greg mcdermott to be a great person and um certainly we're not like um, innocent of flaws and mistakes like you know I've, I've I don't remember ever saying the n-word but I've had some insensitivities in my life where it took me 
some growing up to learn that that's not appropriate. You know, I, I mean, I think I grew up in, I was coming up in high school when, uh, you know, same sex marriage rights were a hot topic. And it's like, how do you, you know, as, as a, as a white kid, uh, from a Catholic family in small town, Nebraska, like, how do I feel about same sex marriages? Like, if I told you I'd ever made an insensitive joke about a gay couple, I'd be lying to your faces. Like the, that I probably told so many, I probably can't count. Like, you know what I mean? So you, you just got to, eventually you have to evolve as a person. You have to grow. You have to understand that um, words are hurtful, that they impact people more than you. Like the, the deliverer of the message can't be the one who dictates how offended someone is allowed to be by the phrase. You know what I'm saying? That's not your position. You have to learn to be better than that. You have to learn to be sensitive to other people's feelings. So that's, it just takes growth, maturity. Um, you have to be able to acknowledge your flaws and, and then grow from that. And uh, honestly, like the thing that I think should happen to Mac is I, I, you know, I think he should be allowed to be in his position because I think his position has a done a lot of good B has a lot of influence. And if anyone has the ability to grow from this, it's him. And if anyone has the ability to bring people that don't necessarily already on are, are necessarily already on board with this movement, bring some of them with him. He's the guy to do it. If, if he chooses, like, I think resignation would have been horrifying because he could have kind of battened down the hatches and disappeared from public life. And I think this movement requires an ally of that stature. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I hope that, I hope that he's mature enough to stay in the fold and truly feel the ramifications of his, of his words and the, and the impact they had um, on the people he cares about. And I hope he grows from this because he can cultivate change because he can bring people who aren't already on board and he can still keep people that are. And honestly, he has a powerful voice in this community. If anyone can help change the dynamic of this, uh, of this situation in Omaha, he's, at the top of my list or near the top of it. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I just, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead Jeff. Oh, thank you. Okay. Um, no, I, t- I totally agree. Like, and I think if you just take it, take it back a couple steps. So like, obviously there was a lot that happened over the summer, um, you know, George Floyd and all the things that kind of like made this stuff come to surface. And one of the things that we had talked about in one of the previous podcasts is, the toughness of the kids, I'll, 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 I'll circle this all together here in a second, but like kids today that are playing, I'll stop calling them kids. The guys today that are playing at the college level, they are considered very soft because there's, there's a lot of things that go into that with transfers and all that. It's, it's really easy to call them soft. But if you just take one little glance at any comment, comment section of any article, any tweet, anything about these kids, like it is, um, I can't, I don't know what I would have done as a player uh, being able to handle that. So that stuff, you have no idea of, we, we, we have no idea of the mental um, ramifications that this is hap- that, that's happening to these kids already. So we're already dealing with very sensitive people in this locker room. And to have the guy that you feel is your, the father figure or whatever, um, you know, the person you look up to, to say that, it probably takes you right back to those comment sections and it takes you back. To, unfortunately, we have a lot of Creighton fans who make comments that are just unbelievable 
Um, but yet, if you go to their profiles, they're retweeting the video of Damien, you know, reading his stuff off the teleprompter. So like, there's just a lot of confusion of who is the ally and who is not. And I think that when, what, what Mac, in my opinion, Mac should make sure that there is extreme definitive line of where he stands, one. Um, I think he's got to write whatever's going on and whatever's happened with the players that feel a certain way about him in the past. He needs to write that like that needs to be fixed and figured out. And it's not fixed by sitting at the table and talking about stuff. It's, it's about action. And like, I don't know what actions those are. You should ask, you got to ask those players who have issues um, from their, from their past experiences. Um, but I would 100% agree with you that if this, if, if, if anyone else would have said this at, you know, a guy at TD Ameritrade or whatever, this would have no, we, we wouldn't even be talking about it, but because it was Mac, um, I think, like I said, it's, I think it's a blessing in disguise. I think this is a great opportunity for him to use his platform. Um, he's a great speaker. He's a great person that brings people together. Um, and he made a mistake that a lot of people probably make every freaking day. Um, and a lot of people can relate to. So if, if anyone's going to help make any kind of change, it's got to be him, but it's got to be very aggressive. It can't be this in the middle gray road where we're trying to make sure we're not offending this, these people and not offending these people. And I think, I think if I'm being 100% honest, like that's the problem and that's the difficulty at Creighton, you know, like if you look at the crowd, what, you know, what, what is the crowd at Creighton? You know, it's, it's, it's a very specific type of crowd and I love Creighton fans. I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, dissing anybody, but I'm saying like, there are very differing opinions of this crowd. And so when the PR time comes, there's a lot of gray at Creighton. Um, and to me, this topic, this, this situation, the players that you're representing and helping and, um, and mentoring, you can't be gray. You gotta, you have to, you have to cater for them. You have to make sure that it's clear where you stand. That's what I mean. Like when Michael and Anthony Tolliver and Josh Dotzler, Kyle Corver, Rachel Saunders, and Dotzler, like when they all got together, that was an aggressive move. When Corver and Tolliver went to meet the freaking Pope, that was an aggressive move. Mm-hmm. But you got to be moving forward. We've Jordan and I have talked about this on other on our Scurrying the Scrub podcast. If you're not supporting progress and doing whatever you can to push this thing forward and advance and lift people up, you are indirectly supporting the hate that has kept them down. Like you can't stand by the status quo. There is no room for moderate anymore. You just mm-hmm. can't exist that way because the problems aren't solving themselves. Like I said, how when was the civil rights era? Like late sixties. Where are we on integration? Where are we on wages? Where are we on, uh, you know, household income levels for, for black families where are we on 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 police brutality? Where where are we on crime? Where are we on criminalization of drugs? Where are we on poverty? Where are we on small businesses for black communities? Where are we on segregated neighborhoods? All that stuff. We haven't done anything. Like we just we basically took the chains off and said, "Have at it. Good luck." But there wasn't anything to build off of. And when they did build off of it, then racists came and took it away. There's a whole history we're not acknowledging here. 
And that's part of like, you can't have the progress without some, you need a powerful ally to, to move you forward. Mac is, has the ability to be a powerful ally. He can impact this community in a large way, a meaningful way. So if he, he has an opportunity here to use this for good, like Chev said, a blessing in disguise, it absolutely can be, but it has to be done the right way. It can't just be polished up and ignored. Um, sorry, I cut Jordan's off there. Like Jordan, take us home. What do you, how do you, how do you, how do you, no, how do you close man. that situation about, you know, where you stand on all of that? No, I completely agree. I like, and just to hit on kind of your first, one of your first points, it is the most disappointing because it is Mac. Like it, the words came from Mac and that's why it's the most disappointing. But that's why I think it also presents the best opportunity because it is Mac. Like the, Mac is the only one who has the opportunity to actually fix words like with this much power. Like he's the only one. Like no, little like normal people in Omaha on a regular everyday level don't have the type of influence he has where he can actually do more good after something like this than he did bad in the moment if he goes about it the right way. And so I think he will. I'm going to be an optimist and I'm going to believe in him same way as he believed in me as a person and player and think that he will do right from this and hope that becomes the narrative that we're talking about going forward. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a, that's Blue Jay Beat post-game podcast from Villanova. Thank you for tuning in. Um, thank you for your questions. We appreciate the thoughtfulness behind them. Uh, thanks to my guy, Jordan Scurry, my Scurry and the Scrub co-host. Uh, yeah, we'll have a new episode for you when, or uh, Sunday, Monday, one of those days when we feel like getting our thoughts together. Um, I appreciate your insights as always, brother. Um, and Chevelle Sansasi, former former baller, former assistant coach. Uh, now she's, you know, just creating little baby goats all over the place and trying to create some leaguers in, in Omaha and uh, at DVLP. So uh, check out their uh, Instagram page, by the way. Uh, they got some great interviews up. Jalen Agnew, they turned her into a, um, <laughs> a little podcast interviewee. She's doing great. She's uh, interviewed um, Brianna Rollerson, who's a Omaha kid now playing professionally overseas, hooped at Creighton won a Big East title, won NCAA tournament games. Um, Elizabeth Williams, who if you don't know who Elizabeth Williams is, like, man, learn, because she's an incredible woman. Um, mm -hmm. Plays for the Atlanta Dream. Uh, you probably saw her this summer and didn't even realize it all over CNN and, you know, just like spearheading the the, the league's movement um, and using its voice to, to speak truth to power. Like, she's an incredibly influential person. Like, I've learned a lot just by listening to Elizabeth talk. Uh, so check out Jalen's interview with her. And then the last episode was with Johannes Managa, the Canadian Red Bull, everyone's favorite Blue Jay. Um, so yeah, check out their, their IG page, DVLP. What's it, what's that? What's that? Show? It's at DVLP basketball. Cool. So yeah, check out their Instagram, follow their work. Um, check out those, those podcast, that podcast series with Jalen. Um, and yeah, so thanks for everybody for tuning in tonight. Um, we'll hit you up on Scurry and the Scrub this weekend. Um, until then. We'll talk to you again Saturday, everybody.